Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we look at French politics, with President François Hollande languishing at record lows in the polls. Former President Nicolas Sarkozy has announced that he plans to return to frontline politics, which almost certainly means a view to running for the presidency in 2017. To discuss what all this means, I'm joined on the line from Paris by Hugh Carnegie, our bureau chief there, and here in the studios, Tony Barber, our Europe editor. Hugh, how big a deal is this, uh, Sarkozy's announcement? Was it expected, and how much does it change the way we look at French politics? I think it's an important moment, uh, and it was expected. There had been signals coming out of the Sarkozy camp for some time that he was about to make this announcement. He had signaled over the summertime that he would make his decision in September, and so he has. Interestingly, though, what he is doing initially is running to lead the UMP party, his center-right party, uh, as president of the party. That is, in effect, a kind of the senior administrative role in the party. The UMP has been all over the place, really, ever since Sarkozy lost to Hollande in 2012, particularly so earlier in this year when a financial scandal upended its previous president and the party was, in a way, adrift with a sea of debt, by the way, as well. Sarkozy's strategy now is to say, OK, I'm going to take control of the party, assuming he gets elected president at the Special Congress at the end of November. I'm going to take over the party. I'm going to shake it up, uh, give it a real thorough transformation, in brackets, shape it in my form, and use it as a machine that we now all assume to run for the presidency in 2017. Now, what are his chances? I mean, do you think we're now, as a result, likely to be looking at a Sarkozy comeback? And I, I saw that you wrote in the paper that uh, the only two precedents in French history are Charles de Gaulle and Napoleon Bonaparte. Yes, and a colleague pointed out the Napoleon example wasn't necessarily a very good one because things ended badly for him, as we know. I think that Sarkozy perceives clearly that the weakness of Hollande and particularly the very poor state of the French economy and the general morosity over the state of the country gives him a real chance to, in effect, uh, achieve his revenge for 2012. It won't necessarily be very straightforward, though. First of all, he's going to face quite a lot of opposition within the UMP. He's still very popular with the party's activists, which will stand him in good stead. But we have, for example, Alain Juppé, the former prime minister and former foreign minister under Sarkozy, who has said he is determined to run for the candidacy of the UMP for the election in 2017, as has François Fillon, who was prime minister under Sarkozy during Sarkozy's presidency. So Sarko is now launched back into the hurly-burly of opposition politics. And I think there's a risk from his point of view, especially with him coming back so early, after all, there's still two and a half years until the vote, that 
his re-entry into, as it were, the kind of daily sticks and stones of French politics will erode whatever certain kind of cachet he has from his previous role as president. Now, Tony, I mean, obviously, the state of France is crucial to the future of the European Union and a big worry, I think, in Berlin, where traditionally there's been a close Franco-German relationship. How do you think the Germans and others will be seeing the return of Sarkozy to frontline politics? I think that in Berlin and countries that look at European economic policymaking in particular with what one might call a German eye won't be filled with great enthusiasm at the possibility of his return as president of France because they remember his leadership between 2007 and 2012 as being a little bit too wayward for their tastes and in particular even before the financial crisis burst upon Europe a couple of years into his presidency they knew him as someone who made loud calls for example for European Central Bank interest rate cuts for the sort of flexibility on fiscal policy that you naturally now see from the socialist government in France and they remember him as someone who never really got to grips with the sort of deeper economic reforms aimed at rejuvenating the French economy that they, the Germans in particular, see as the root of the problem in France and what really needs to be done. So what I think they would be hoping for in the presidential contest of 2017 is a contest between figures who really do have some credibility as potential economic reformers. I'm not sure they are convinced that Sarkozy can reinvent himself as such a reformer. And give us a sense, Tony, of of, um, how crucial what happens in France is to the general European project. I personally think it's terribly important because the European project has depended for many decades on a certain kind of balance between France and Germany. And that balance simply doesn't exist anymore. Economically, Germany has moved some way ahead of France and therefore it makes for a rather awkward atmosphere when European leaders get together and the old idea that France could lead politically while Germany led economically that also doesn't work quite so well since the reunification of Germany in 1990. Now, Hugh, Tony's just reminded us that there are reasons for France's European partners to be a little sceptical about Sarkozy's record. But I also gather that he's actually become, if anything, more Eurosceptic over the past couple of years. Is is that the case? I've certainly not become less so. He did publish an article just before the European elections in May in which he proposed that Europe should basically become very clearly a two-speed Europe with the 28, the outer ring, as it were, being reduced to sort of pretty much a kind of what perhaps would be popular in London, a, a kind of loose trade association with much less powers exerted by Brussels. And the inner core, the Eurozone, should become essentially a German-French fiefdom. And he argued for less uh, powers and the removal of equality for small countries, which he said had no business telling France and Germany what to do. Uh, he's also made strong statements about, uh, for example, the Schengen open Open borders agreement at the core of Europe, saying that it was a mistake on his part to ever have supported it. And he would argue it should be basically unwound unless European countries can show that they can really police their borders. So, yes, there is a, a strong Eurosceptic line in Sarkozy's discourse at the moment. And to what extent is that a response to the rise of the National Front, who, in some opinion polls, I see Marine Le Pen was actually down as somebody who could beat Francois Hollande in a two-person race for the presidency? Well, I think that the rise of the National Front and Marine Le Pen is the big 
question that lurks over both Sarkozy and the UMP and, of course, Hollande and the Socialist Party right now. It's something that Sarkozy is bearing very strongly in mind, and he will, I think, definitely pose himself as the person who can defeat her. And to do that, he does have to adapt policies that are somewhat to the right. Whether that is successful is very much open to question, though. There is a lot of signals coming out of the National Front camp right now that they are, in effect, rather rubbing their hands at the prospect of fighting Sarkozy. They think that he's completely devalued on the right after the failures of his own presidency and that they can give him a real run for his money. Marine Le Pen was making remarks the other day which effectively was saying, bring him on. So, Tony, I mean, as you said, the sort of huge question, partly, I guess, because it's such an extraordinary prospect, is, is it possible to imagine a President Marine Le Pen? Is it possible for you? And what do you think the rest of Europe is thinking? Are they taking it seriously? It still seems a remote possibility, but it is slightly less fantastic a possibility than it might have seemed a, a year ago. I think one does need to bear in mind that when she and the National Front took 25% or so of the vote in the European Parliament election in France in May and became top of the polls, this was not because 25% of the French people had become far right. Most of that support was coming from people within the normal traditional spectrum of French voting patterns, but they were disillusioned with the centre-right and the socialists and, and uh, other options. So Sarkozy does have a point when he says, I want to win back some of that support for the traditional right. The problem is that the themes he is likely to use are those that are more convincingly evoked by the National Front. If he were to campaign on a platform of thoroughgoing economic reform that would appeal to France's European partners, it's not by any means certain that he would win back those centre-right and other voters that have drifted towards the National Front. So I think it's not at all clear that that section of the electorate that has gone for the National Front is, is going to shrink in 2017. Now, Hugh, the underlying kind of theme of our conversation has been we've almost all just totally discounting President Hollande, both as an electoral prospect and almost the rest of his presidency. Presumably, that's a little bit unfair. It's a bit premature, although it is hard to see how he can recover from a position where not just in the polls, but anecdotally, one feels that he has become a figure almost verging on ridicule. And that's terribly damaging. And it's going to be very, very difficult for him to come back from that. But on the other hand, he still has more than two years. If, and it's a huge if, the economy does start to turn around and crucially unemployment comes down and he can say with some credibility that the reform program, albeit modest, that he is now pushing through has started to work, then his position will become a bit stronger. And ironically, there are those in his camp who believe that facing Sarkozy for him would also be a good thing, that they feel that there is still a great deal of unpopularity, particularly on the left, obviously, against Sarkozy, and that it would give him a target that he could shoot at in the form of somebody he's already beaten in an election. OK, well, thanks, Hugh. We'll leave it there. So thank you to Hugh Carnegie in Paris, and thanks also to Tony Barber here in London. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts support for this podcast and the following message come from corient corient provides wealth management services centered around you as one of the largest integrated fee only registered investment advisors in the u.s corient has experienced teams 
who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.